0: As-salamu I remember sitting down with the tape recorder and recording it. About four, five years old. We still had loads of it's tapes. tapes. Yeah, tape and tape recorders. we yeah, used to send-in for somebody to go from here. It was a communication. Tape letters. Behind the project. She has been spirits Out of the Sand 그래요 When you lose somebody that's close, the early days of that are difficult to reconcile. Over time, you sort of think less of that person that's died, but there'd be days where you just get a complete spike and it's kind of almost as raw as the early days, you know? And be like six, seven years later, suddenly one day for whatever reason, just needed this desperate reconciliation for things, you know, and that's kind of what happened to me with him a couple of times. And if you're lucky, there's some trace of them. And the tape project really came about from that. I'm Wajid Yassin, I'm the creative director of Modus Arts. Both of my parents from Pakistan. They're from Rao Bindi and my father's from like a little town stop called Badana. My mum's from a little village called Dudi. Yeah, proper rural farmer type. My father came over in the early wave in the 60s. He said he was here for six, seven years before my mum came over. I never really spoke to him about it actually, you know, like what it was like. I remember him sort of relaying the first time he came over here, how sort of surprised he was at seeing the non-raj. Because remember the British presence in India really shaped the way Indians, people, Pakistanis and Bengalis saw the Brits. They saw them as the ruling class and they thought all Brits were part of that ruling class. So when they sort of came over, they were pretty surprised to sort of see other working class white English people and that like, the streets weren't paved with gold. So I was born in Ashton, which is in Thameside in Greater Manchester. It was a terraced house, right? We had an attic and a cellar and a couple of rooms upstairs and the garden, there was three separate patches. And one that was my dad's, one that was my mum's and one that was mine, actually, out of all the siblings. And dad had roses, mum was into mint, And I was into daffodils. But yeah, really strong memories of like really old Englishness. Old English houses and then becoming more and more Pakistani, you know? My father was a Nath singer, so he was kind of religious, but it manifested in these hymns, you know, the way he'd sing these things, and he'd write a lot of these Naths himself. The Nath is this devotional hymn within the sort of Pakistani Indian tradition, essentially celebrating the Islamic prophet's life. We'd sing them all the time in our home because Dad was asked to sing. And he'd get invited to sing in mosques and uh, people's homes, you know, and religious festivals and whatever you... So he'd sing around and he, you know, cracking and It's only kind of, let's run down the line, that I've realised he was asked to sing these lots on cassette tapes because it was just convenient for people to listen to him singing in their own homes, you know, they could just listen to him any time. He died in, I think it's 2001 I've, yeah, I was really I was a real, a real tear, you know and I remember kind of feeling really... sort of confused by it more than anything. Rather than sort of grief, I was just confused. That things had just suddenly changed. Like I couldn't understand the environment I was in. Years later, Around the time of the celebration of his death, you know, like an anniversary, there was a hall that was hired, you know, we had a few, you know, all the sort of family members come in and just reflect on him a little bit, you know? So I went up there, and that's when I was looking for one of his knot tapes. I remember opening this drawer and finding this other tape, and I think it had my auntie's name on it. And the other tape said, in Urdu, it was written, se which is like the chatterings in the Tudi village. I knew that was my mom's. Within a moment, I just slid through this kind of memory lane of, I remember this as a kid. I remember walking into the living room and hearing my mom speak. And I was acutely aware of the tempo of her voice has changed. So that was the thing I remember it was different from the way she spoke to us this co presence I could sense it in the room like she's with someone something about revisiting that moment that image that room the light in the curtains and everything you know and it was the realisation that it wasn't an art tape and that maybe I was on there Maybe my voice was on there somewhere, maybe me complaining that my brothers and sisters weren't singing a Nath right, or whatever. I was curious as to whether I was there. And in some way, what that might've felt like to listen back to myself as a child of that time. But you know, what I found is other people. Written labels reminded me that these were meant for other people and that they were private messages so the question was like if this is going off to people in Pakistan and people in Canada and if it's communication they can't be the only people that communicate in this way When I found these tapes, I knew that I had something significant on my hands, but I wasn't entirely sure what to do with it, you know? And in fact, with this kind of shift into sonic arts that had already happened by this point, I was pretty sure that the Arts Council would be sort of interested in something about it. And I sort of tried to frame this idea of creating a multi-speaker installation using the cassettes. It was all pretty wishy-washy, actually, the proposal. And the Arts Council just weren't interested. And then I shaped it, reformed it, presented it again, and they weren't interested. Did it again, third time, they weren't interested. i just realized something wasn't right about this, the way I was framing it to them. And I realized that it actually wasn't about the proposal, actually. It's the wrong way to think about what I had in my hands. It's not like an arts project. As soon as I hit that realization, That's when the whole thing really opened up, actually. And that's when I realized I could do something with the cassettes. And it was the reframing of this thing, not as an audio thing, not as a sonic thing, but as a piece of history. (laughs) This episode features archive material from the Tape Letters Oral History Project, funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund and Arts Council England. Tape Letters is a Modus Arts production. Audio production and sound design by Oliver Sanders, produced by Leona Fensom. The executive producer is Lucia Scasocchio. For more information, head to tapeletters.com.